you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. justice that we deserve for 11 years now. I didn't get the opportunity to see Oscar evolve into the person that he could have evolved into because his life was cut short. My name is Keith Ismail, center for the Washington football team. I chose the name Oscar Grant to put on the back of my helmet. He was a member of my community back in Oakland, California, where I grew up. His incident back in 2009 directly affected me and my community. I felt like it was my duty to remember his name as a fellow member of the community I grew up in, Oakland, California. I knew Oscar Grant as a father, a brother, a son. He was an upstanding man in the community. He had family that depended on him, family that loved him, people that, that counted on him. He was a member of our community and he had a lot of life to live. Oscar's situation ended tragically. The officer ended up pulling out his gun instead of what he claims he thought was his taser. Shot Oscar in the back and he lost his life because of it. He was unarmed and being detained. His hands were behind his back in handcuffs. Nobody should have lost their life that night. I grew up a couple blocks from Fruitvale Station. You know, I, I took that route. Uh, I've been to that station. I've been around the people that he was around. You know, we're all in it together. And so it was definitely hard. It was hard for a lot of us. You know, we just all kind of support each other. And especially when something tragic like this happens, there was an outpour of support and also outrage by people that didn't even know Oscar or his family. But it was just the fact that, you know, a member of our community you know, one of our own, one of our brothers, his life was took. His name is still spoken, everybody remembers. He's never forgotten, at least in our community. Definitely impacted the way that we pass legislation and look at our policing system and how we can do things better within our own community, our own backyard. Say his name, Oscar Grant. But how are you doing this morning, man? Because I know in California, in, uh, California, it's like almost 10 o'clock, right? Yes, yes, almost 10 o'clock out here, uh, getting the day started. Um, yeah. <laughs> How's the family, man? How's everyone doing, man? How are you doing since COVID, man? Oh, man, we're hanging in there. You know how it is. It's like um, just a full adjustment all the way around um, with how we do everything. And I think that... Um, What's, what's been most important is just staying close, staying smart, and, um, you know, like figuring out uh, the best way to accomplish what we need to accomplish during this time. Definitely, man. And for the audience that's watching, tell them a little bit about you. Even though I gave you a little introduction, I know it wasn't the greatest introduction, but, you know, <laughs> I educated them a little bit about you. So, you know, tell people a little bit about yourself. And your background a little bit. Yeah, so um, I, I, I like to uh, call myself a visual artist in that um, you know my first love is illustration and painting. Um, and I, I'm still active with those things, but uh, most people probably know me as the director of Till Infinity. Um, so uh, I put together a documentary that um, has been going around for a while about the souls of mischief. And they um 
were gracious enough to allow me to tell their story. I grew up with the guys and, um, you know, it was an incredible journey. I, that, I think that film is going to live with me for the rest of my life. I think no matter what I do, um, that film is uh, going to be a special project always uh, for me. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So filmmaker, illustrator, uh, photographer, graphic designer uh, from Oakland, California. And then also, that a lot of people don't know that one of your artwork was on ESPN. You did an image of Stephen Curry, and that made it on ESPN. Can you talk about that? Oh, a yeah, bit? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, in, in wearing that other hat as an <laughs> illustrator, uh, <laughs> I, um, I did a, a series of portraits. I did uh, portraits for um, the new Chase Center here in, in San Francisco. He um, built a new building for the Golden State Warriors, and I had a series of portraits of the Hamptons Five. So uh, Draymond Green, um, uh, Steph Curry, uh, Durant, who's no longer with the team, but uh, at the time, and uh, Iguodala and Clay Thompson. And so it's uh, all five of them, and uh, those portraits are in the Chase Center. And so um, it's pretty cool, like, you know, between um, like commercials or like when a game is is, is running on on uh, television, they'll show you know uh, different parts <laughs> of the stadium. So I got a little light, yeah. And, man, and that was dope. But I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me because I know we were in um, conversation last night, and you know I brought something to your attention, and then I you, you text me back like, "Wow," and the significance of yesterday, uh, ten years ago. You know, the decision. Um, do you remember where you were at when LeBron made that decision? <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, I was in a, a pretty unforgettable place, actually. Um, so one of the one of the other hats that I wear is uh, as a photographer for um, a few different people, and um, I work with I work with a Donald Foyle who uh, used to play for the Golden State Warriors, and he does, he's from uh, Canawan, which is in St. Vincent. Right. And for a really long time, um, every year we would go to the Caribbean. I was in the Eastern Caribbean during this time um, when, the when the decision happened. And so um, we were all, we actually were, we were in transition between islands and we were in an airport. And there just happened to be a feed there, like it, the accessibility for like, cable and everything is not the same there um but it was really interesting like we just happened to be there during that time when they did the entire um you know conversation he was making his decision you know we we're wondering what lebron is going to do right. and so because um, we were doing basketball camps i'm with a right. donald foil with you know a bunch of coaches and you know a bunch of people who were like super you know highly interested in uh what his decision was going to be and so um we were in this airport, huddled around this monitor, like watching his decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I completely remember. So I had to either be, I was in St. Vincent somewhere. So on one of the islands in St. Vincent in the Eastern Caribbean when it happened. Yeah. And then also another decision happened, which got less media attention, but was just as important, was the verdict of Ox, of the verdict in the Oscar Grant case where a police officer yes, yes. um had him in handcuffs and shot him in the back and uh yes. shot him in the back and the verdict came out on uh, involuntary manslaughter which in a cup like he didn't even serve less than a year so he's like living his life with his family so you had that verdict and i know if we could go back to a little back in time when it happened because it happened last that that previous year on January 1st at midnight, I do believe that's when the altercation happened. Yeah. And you born and raised in that, in, in Oakland. And when that happened, yeah. I know that affected that area locally. And then only, the only reason it got national attention, because that video happened to get on YouTube. And that yeah. video, which was kind of fuzzy, got like over a million views. And that started getting that, that people start talking about it. Uh, you living in that time, can you talk, can you like go back to that day, how you felt when all that, st all that start happening? 
Like when you first heard the news, and then you the the, the people got frustrated, and um, so take me back to that time when you officially heard that news in the beginning. Yeah. So um, word of of what happened to Oscar Grant was literally the next morning for us, um, being like the first the first day of the year. You know, um, I'm almost certain I can't remember exactly what I did for New Year's that year, but I, I'm sure I, like I was out that night um, and the very next day, word was traveling around Oakland about what had happened. Um, the video had not surfaced at the time, but there was like word of what had happened. I So um, where I live currently, I am probably about two stops away from uh, the Fruitvale BART station. Um, and I live very, very close to the West Oakland BART station. And so, um, yeah, it was um, uh, quite obviously it hit home. Um, and so we were hearing about what happened. It was an outrage just in that, you know, there was a, a, a young man who was shot by BART police and, um, you know, in here in Oakland, there it, there's no hesitation with speaking out. So there was already uh, people organizing and, um, you know, just hitting the right factions to speak out about what had happened. And this was, uh, I, I remember very, very early on, like got the news of it that, you know, on the first and how it just progressed. And when the video surfaced, that's when it just really became like just, you know, a clear cut, you know, there was a problem. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was disheartening to see it. I, I know, like, it, I would probably say just for the current movement that's happening now, that was definitely one of the, um, one of the more eye-opening moments, um, and for it to go viral and for, um, you know, this, uh, this moment to catch as much attention as it did, um, I thought that it was, just, yeah, a very significant moment um, for uh, the movement that's currently happening. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was, it, was a, it was a tough day because we had, you know, starting off the new year and, and here we are. Um, not much had changed in in our opinion, you know. And then the the one thing that's frustrating to me is like um, I knew, but um, the uh, the reason why I wanted to bring this up because I was on my Twitter uh, feed, and a writer um, I think his name is Tinsley from the Undefeated had brought it up, mm -hmm. and it just brought uh, it brought a perspective to me. That yeah, this happened at that same time. That verdict and the LeBron decision happened on the same day. The verdict came out like three years. I mean, three hours before the actual LeBron decision. But I yeah. always think about like, what if LeBron James and his team knew ahead, like knew ahead of time, and when he made the decision, he talked about Oscar Grant. And that would probably change the the, the dynamic the dynamics of that conversation. So it's like Monday Night Quarterbacking now. When you think yeah. about it today, um, yeah. and then what I want to talk to you about of how like sports and um, activism kind of coincide with each other in a way. Um, yeah. uh, to me, I don't. I feel like the athlete they can they can they can do it if they want to but they don't need to if they don't want to they shouldn't be forced to do it they should do it because they want to do it so can you kind of talk about that a little bit cuz you're in the sports world so too you're from Oakland so you yeah. get kind of both worlds yeah yeah so it so here's you know this this is a a a really tough thing i think for
there there is a history there of athletes who have spoken out over time, um, jeopardized their careers um, to make a statement. And, you know, that that history is a, a, a very important, strong one in that, um, you know, it's it's necessary to know that they do more than just shut up and dribble. And that's a that's a huge thing. It's like, you know, to to hear someone that you idolize for a totally different reason to um, show that they are conscious about the, uh, the outside world from just playing a game they're not shut off is, uh, you know, really seriously important. Um, and so when when you talk about uh, an athlete, and I, I really do, um, I commend the athlete that puts themselves in that position because they absolutely don't have to. And so... Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really tough thing for them because they've been trained and and you know if you get to that level, especially the level of someone like LeBron James, this is all he's been doing. Like he is an athlete at you know the the highest level, and to get there, you have to that has to be your life. So for him to at any time, like he's stepped forward a few times. Um, I know for sure it is the LeBron have totally taken that platform um, to speak out about um, an instance um, what it does is it, 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 there's this uh, I feel like there's this part of society that can they they don't have to be um, Concern. They don't have to engage with these issues. Um, you know, the idea of who the police are and and why they exist is a totally different thing. So, I I think that it's really important. when, you know we have these athletes that are from the communities we're from to step forward when they're in these households of people who don't have the same experience with the police that we do, um, it's, it's very important and, and eye-opening, I think, for a lot of people. Um, and if you have an open mind, um, it's, you know, you start hearing this narrative over and over. I mean, like for our generation, I think the first um, really big eye-opener was NWA right. sort of coming forward, um, coming forward and saying, you know, this is what happens in our communities, and um, we're we're not taking it anymore. And so, you know, it's 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 really interesting, like how um, over time each generation has this sort of wake up call, and it's been going since the beginning of time, um, and very few things have changed. There have been some changes here and there, but. Ultimately, very few things have changed. Um, I think that um, yeah. the the black community is very disheartening. And and it uh, yet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. And it, it is frustrating, too, because the one, I think another dynamic is, you know, you know, uh, before Clark was, um, uh, Grant was murdered, you know, he was a father. You know, he had a daughter. Um, like LeBron, he has kids. Um, LeBron, I do believe, was uh, two years older than him. I think LeBron was born in 84 Oscar Grant was born in 86. Um, and I feel like it's a tale of two stories that kind of link together how America look at black men in general. You have LeBron, this uh, magnificent mm -hmm. athlete, beloved. Um, whatever he does, everybody's watching. 
you know, LeBron, with his days in Cleveland, he was Ohio's economy, you know, to be to be honest. Um, and then you have Oscar Grant, you know, he worked as a butcher, you know, nine-to-five job, you know, work, come home, take care of his, his daughter, go back to work. And then you have this one event that changes his life. And then you have this one moment in time where you have two stories that's happening at the same time. Because one one person, because he's an athlete, uh, a very famous athlete, and people are gravitating into his decision. And then you have another where they just want justice. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow. And so can you kind of, you know, on, on your on your thoughts, can you touch on that dynamic? As, as you, a black man, having a son, you know, like touching that topic like that. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I have a lot of uh, my son will be 12 this uh, this month. And one of the one of the most important um, conversations I've had with him, I, I, I think I had it last year with him was there, you know, there will be a point where you're no longer this young, cute boy. And there's a point where you become a threat. And it's one of the toughest conversations to have. Um, only because, you know, there's, you have to have this awareness navigating through the United States of America that you are, you, you have to watch your temper. You have to, there's just, there's, there's a certain way that you have to conduct yourself if and 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 those things I, I, you understand what i'm saying like it's we have these we have these these things that we have an understanding around that could trigger fright right and um if we if we try to avoid them we don't try to avoid it still happens um it's there's not much you can do it you have to have that conversation with your son um and you know, so it's a tough it's a tough thing um, because that's a very, very tough thing to understand, but it will happen. It will happen i I can definitely attest to that. In that I, I am a person who has done, I, I want you know like quote unquote all the right things. I'm always where I'm supposed to be. So right. I've been someone who's been in school most often times, either headed there, going there. Like I'm not intentionally breaking laws. You know what I mean? So like, um, when you when you think about it in those standards, and it's like my experience is still the same as, you know, anyone who has maybe not done those same things, maybe decided to, you know, sell a little something or steal a car or whatever it is, right? Like, but my, uh, I'm, my experience is parallel. So, you know, when you talk about what success is and you talk about how, um, you know, like it's a very thin line, um, you know, like, LeBron could very well have been in Oscar Grant's shoes. Um, yes. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a really, really, um, it's a crazy thing because that it's a very, very fine line when you talk about that, um, that tale of two stories. Because um, they could totally be switched very, very yeah. easily um, when you talk about the authorities and you know, it's if LeBron is not LeBron, he's probably one of the most threatening people walking around with yeah. his size and height, um, yeah. his stature, um, and so um, it's it's a very tough thing to to think about um, because it, you know we're we're raising young men in this in this climate, 
And so when I take my son downtown, I took him to downtown Oakland um, where, uh, you know, my, my wife and I, we have a, uh, an art space and there is, uh, you know, the, there's, you know, there's just signs everywhere of uprising and you know, like there were protests and people were speaking out and I wanted my son to see what, what it was and why, why this is happening. Like we had a huge conversation about this and he's 12, this is a lot to take in at 12, but he has to understand. It's like, you know, this is the climate you're growing up in. You have to be ready for it. Um, and it, how, I think being ready is just being aware. Um, because there's, there's not very much you can do. Um, in a situation where the the authority is is right, right. and that's like you you just want to get home at that yeah. point, yeah. you know you you almost you can't you almost can't fight. I don't know what it was, <laughs> <laughs> but man, I appreciate your time. But like I was alluded to earlier. This is kind of similar to me when I think about Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Martin. They are, when Trayvon was killed, they were about the same age. I think Trayvon was a five or six months older than Patrick Mahomes. I could be wrong. Oh, wow. wow. And so if you reverse the roles, we may not have never heard of Patrick Mahomes. We probably would have heard Trevon Martin could have been this extraordinary young man that runs for political office. We'll never know. Yeah. And that's unfortunately the reality of being a young black man and an old, uh, older black man. Uh, we have, we, we, we're the only race that have, we, that think that way. Yeah. Compared to any other race around the world. We're the only one. The what if scenario. We always yeah. constantly have that what if. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a, a a tough thing to deal with. I mean, you know, I I think about those scenarios all the time um, with either you know like people I grew up with, um, you know, just we had similar scenarios, and um, you know, like similar parents, similar households from the same neighborhood. And, um, you know, and just different circumstances. And it's like, what if, you know, like you really do think about that? Like, I, I definitely think about that a lot. Um, a lot of people I grew up with that aren't with us anymore. Yeah. And it, 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 and it, unfortunately, it takes that one moment in time where it just changes everything. You yeah, know, it's one moment. It's, one it's just moment. that one moment, that one moment millimeter second in Oakland on um, January 1st, 2009, that just changed. I would say it changed Oakland, I think. I don't know, because you're a native there. You know what's going on. But do you see that kind of change the way policing is in Oakland now that happened in 2009? Do you see any changes or you feel like it's just the same? It's definitely the same. Um, I don't. I don't know if you've um, heard. There was a group um, of police officers known as the Riders um, here mm -hmm. in Oakland. Okay. And, no. Oh my goodness! So they were. They're just known as this group of officers who terrorized the city, and it was. It was for it. These very same things that are being brought to light now. Um, they were doing this in um, late '90s, early 2000s, and um, it would. So yeah, not very much. Just to say, like, not very much has changed um, for us, like the the entire time. Yeah. And so when you when you talk about just the Oakland Police Department as a whole, there's always been um, some some angst between the community and the department. Right. Um, so when that happened, he was a, a BART police officer, you know, like, so he, he wasn't even OPD. He was, you know, this, 
like it's Mark Lee's for us. Yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah, for <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah, for us, we don't look at him as the real police, right? Like, right. so it. I, although, like, I, I think they go through a similar training, or I don't. I'm not sure exactly what the particulars are, but um, yeah, it was it. It it, it came off very much like um, a lot of different scenarios, just um, very unfair, uh, racist, you know, just a lot a lot of different things and, and how the trial was dealt with, uh, you know, like it was taken out of the area. Um, right. And so, you know, like for... Because I felt yeah. like that trial a little bit felt like almost like the Ronnie King trial where they moved it to an all-white mm -hmm. county just yeah. to get a different result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it was just so much um, media attention of that case that Oscar Grant kind of felt kind of eerily the same way. That's why they yeah. moved the, 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 the case to a, a, a different location. Yeah, and, I, and you know, it's quite obviously, you know, it's to, to quiet it down to um to lower that I mean because you know here our all of our eyes are on what the outcome would be right you know, now you you've taken one of ours and um we want justice in in some form and you know it's all too often it's a slap on the wrist and right. and we were expecting the exact same thing it's exactly what happened um and people were angry, very, very angry. It's uh, and understandably so. It's like, hey, how? When? At some point, when is there a consequence for taking our lives? Like, can't just take our. It's one thing to say, okay, something happened on Bart. He should be arrested, and and you know, like uh, the situation should be addressed. But it's like he lives on. He has an opportunity to go back to his child, go back to it, you know, and it's like that. There has to be a consequence when you end a life like that. Um, and and then what made it worse is too, because I know um, there was news. Um, they did an investigation, I think, last year on the case, and they found out that he lied. Wow. <laughs> wow. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's still like living his life like it's nothing happened, even though his life's gonna be changed for the rest of his life. I don't know if he can get a, the job back. I doubt it, but he could just work somewhere else. But to find out that he lied, you know, it's crazy. that's like insult to injury. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, and those are the sorts of things that um, this country has been built upon. Um, is is that is that very notion where you know someone who was in the beginning in the wrong um has still has not you know completely paid their price mm -hmm. and that's the that's the total that's this country in a nutshell right like mm -hmm. it you know like at some point all of the destruction, all of the killing, right. all of the uh, all of the you know the robbing of culture, the robbing of everything that has happened to to build this country. Yeah. Like at some point, there has to there has to be some sort of justice. Yeah. But the only way we're going to get justice um, is. When you have a system in place when it comes to police officers where there's no accountability, you know, it's like, we'll take care of our own. Like, no, no, we, we've, we've seen this story numerous times. There has to be a, a change where if a if an officer does wrong, they have to be accounted. No, don't give them, you know, don't suspend them, you know, with pay. You know, even though the union plays a big part of the police, there has to be some form of changing of the system to hold them accountable. We do that in every other profession. But when it comes to police, it's like a totally different, totally different. Yeah. And, it, and you know, like when you when you talk about 
this job, they have the, the type of people who decide to go into law enforcement. Um, and there, it, there's something to be said about who these people are and why they've decided to do this. Um, and that's, a, that's an entirely different conversation in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, but it's, and there has to be accountability. There has to be humanity. And it's like, for, for me, there is this understanding that the police are quote unquote, chasing the bad guys right. every day. They're dealing with, you know, people that they, you know, they feel are fracturing laws, breaking laws. Right. Um, and so, it, it seems like there's a uh, a bias and a you know like as like it, it, I've been pulled over by the police and they ask me do you have a license they don't ask to see my life they right. like <laughs> yeah and it's that right. you know and those like that experience you know like whatever they experience on a day to day basis is you know like it, I don't I'm not sure what makes them that way but it it starts to uh, build a wedge between the community. Right. And Cause the, I, I, and yeah, because I think it's because, you know, I'm going to be honest, we all have prejudice. Yeah. And the one thing, you know, especially in that job, you have to take those prejudices out the door. But what happens is a lot of them have that, and they take that to work. When they put that uniform on, that's a part of their, you know, their, that's a part of their um, accessory is that pro the prejudice. So when they, before they interact, they already have their mind up of how they're going to escalate or de-escalate a situation, but depending on the person's skin color and the circumstance. Yeah. And so it, I think that plays the key role is just their, their assumptions of what they see on TV when they think about black people or like one or two instances when they dealt with black people and they had a, a negative response. So that's a current theme. And so into the next situation, they take that in, into account. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, which causes situations like Oscar Grant or George Floyd. Now there's um, uh, audio of the cop that had his knee on his neck and he's and George Floyd is saying, you know, I can't breathe this and this and that. And you hear the officer say, you know, something, he says something. I'm paraphrasing. You you know, you shouldn't say 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 a say certain amount when you can't breathe. And this is from the officer. You know, I'm just paraphrasing it. But when you have like things like that, that kind of gives you an idea of how certain people in that certain position think of black people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, and, and that's the other thing that's, um, you know, like really, really hard to swallow in that there, there are people who don't understand why, you know, like, cause there are some people who say, well, I just wouldn't have been in that position, but there, there isn't, there isn't a way not to be in that position. Right. When you've been, when your community has been fed poison, right. you know, like we're all, all they're dumping in our communities is drugs, malt liquor, alcohol, right. um, guns. That's a the, it, poverty. Right. When, when that's being fed into our communities, how can you not be in that position? Right. So we're all in that position. Um, and that's the, that's the disheartening part. Um, so all of the things, it's like, you know, why do we, why do we steal? Why do we rob? Uh, we don't have adequate anything. And, uh, and because of that, we have these situations. And it's like, let's address this country uh, before, you know, you start talking about behaviors because it's a result of what we've been fed. Yeah, so environment. Yeah, I, I always think about, I always think about what it is that is, you know, like what, what is made for us, huh? right? Like what things are actually, when you see a commercial that has us in it, when they're trying to get us to buy things, huh? it's soda, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, McDonald's, yeah. right? Like yeah. these are these are the companies that are after us, and it's all nonsense. It's like we fill our bodies with that nonsense, right? Like, mm -hmm. 
is cheap food, quick food, yeah. things that are unhealthy. So it, it when you when you have that, you know, talk about the education system because we can just continue on like all of the things that you know, like it we're we're not being put in a position to succeed, right. and you know, as we you know, all of the attempts that are made to do so right. um, are usually stopped or underfunded or, or they, you know, they they stop because of, you know, there's one champion who dies and then the movement stops. And yeah. so um, it it's a tough thing. It's a really, really tough thing. Um, but it's a, it's a result of all of what's been uh, fed to us. Right, and it's generational, and and it shouldn't take like uh, celebrities for people to pay attention. You know, you know, if the streets are crying, you know, you shouldn't have LeBron or Wade for you to gravitate to the situation. You should just, you know, figure out what the situation is and come to a solution and and and, and help out. But unfortunately, we live in a society where we need to hear from our celebrities to make a difference. They're the well, they're the only ones that have the that, ear of those uh, who don't care. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I'm, for those who don't care, and then those who are unaware, because right. I think there are a lot of people who are unaware. They're just in a world that it it they're unaffected. Yeah. And so I think that that's what an athlete can do. That's what like LeBron James has fans all over the world. If he says black lives matter, I think that that changes, that changes an entire, it, it you know, you think different about it then because LeBron said it, right? Right. And I also think it's a financial aspect to it. Cause he's a, you know, he's an athlete, but he's very, influence economically yes. it, it, they always go back to the dollars wherever lebron goes that's where the money goes and so a lot of people corporate or people that invest invest into the brand lebron james if he says something everybody's going to follow right and so that's why it's important for him to speak out and if they and, and if they choose not to i don't think i have a problem with an athlete that um chooses not to speak out if they're just, if that's just not what if they're not built to do it i'd rather them figure out other ways to support um you know like a lot of people have a problem with michael jordan not speaking out but he may not have been that person to yeah. do so um and it, i think that i would rather even though he has the the biggest platform it's like i think i would rather have the right person speak out for us than anybody as opposed to the most popular um and it and you know like so i'll i'll take you know um I, you know we're talking about the 90s so we're looking at um the perfect person hoof, right like yeah it, 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 craig hodges just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're looking at craig hodges right not the most popular bull but i i think i'd rather have him speak out for us and that it's in his heart and it's yeah. it's the right person to speak out um you know so it's a it's a tough thing but i for those that do use their platform and and jeopardize um their careers uh, it's completely incredible because they come from where we come from yeah and um they don't they they came from not very much and so for them to jeopardize their lifelong dream is pretty amazing as athletes to do definitely, that. Definitely. And, you know, final, final thought, you know, being yesterday was a two, 10 year anniversary of the two decisions. Uh, what are your thoughts now thinking about it 10 years ago to now in our current, current uh, state as a society and, um, what what lessons can we learn from ten years ago to now? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I know I, was, yeah. I, I put a lot in there, you know. Uh huh. 
Because again, you so, you're kind of you're in both worlds. You know what I mean? You were there when um you heard the news of Oscar Grant. You know, you're in the sports world. You 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 you're you you intermingle you intermingle sometimes with people in the sports world. So you kind of you're in the streets, but you're in the sports world too. So you kind of get both perspective, but through your perspective. So one of the and I'll, let me back up a little bit. Like so, um, you know, the the Raiders have taken off to Las Vegas. They're playing there um, this coming season, if there is one. Um, I'm playing in Las Vegas, but for the past twenty years, I've been a photographer on the field at Raiders games um, here in Oakland. And the the one thing that I have definitely seen over the course of that time. So just to um, I went from being um, a 20-something-year-old photographer who was getting harassed every game um, because I didn't look like I belonged. So I'm being harassed by other photographers, being taken off of the field by, you know, my credentials are just as valid as theirs. But because of how I look, I'm being questioned. I'm being removed from the field. Um, you know, I'm having all of these issues just because of what I look like. Right? Um, and, you know, fast forward, you know, it's, so this is in the, in the realm of sports, fast forward to last season where there are tons of young black photographers on the field. There are, you know, people sitting during the anthem, people kneeling during the anthem, people putting their fists up during that. This is, I mean, you know, you talk about like 2001. Yeah. I was like in 2001 after 9-11 happened, you know, like, I've, I've never, ever stood for the anthem, uh, as, like, as a child when I was told to. In my adult life, never stood for the anthem. I don't really move my hat. Um, it's just a song. And so, you know, like, during 2001, if I left my hat on, people had so much to say to me about what it is they felt I should be doing during the anthem. And, you know, like, it, they really believe in the anthem. They should believe in my freedom to choose to do whatever I want during that song. Right. And so um, I got a lot of, um, not not necessarily in Oakland, uh, here and there in Oakland, I think it's a little more commonplace to see someone stand up, speak out against whatever it is. Um, but I travel. Um, so like, you know, uh, in, so you know, Texas, and you don't stand during the anthem or you don't remove your hat during the anthem, someone might say something to you. And so I, I got into a few debates here and there about what it is that I have the right to do. And it's like, yeah, you may have the right to to say what you want to say to me, but that doesn't mean I have the, I don't have the right to do what I want to do too. Right. And so um, you talk about the sports world that's definitely like this fantasy land for the United States where it seems like everyone gets along and, um, you know, like politics doesn't come into play as much. Um, and so I, I think that it's, it's great that now we have someone like LeBron James who takes these issues on and, you know, they make statements and, and I think he's doing it in the right way. I think he is, he studied, you know, what Muhammad Ali has done and what, yeah. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has done um, and, you know, countless others. And he's taking his platform and um, he, he's pushing the culture forward in a, in a space where not a lot of people care. And so that, I think that is really, really important. And from the standpoint of um, Oscar Grant and what happened with him and what has changed? Um, I, I I think that a a video like the the one that surfaced with his situation um, has now become uh, the the eye opener. So it was like for this generation, like a a first of the very very big eye-openers for this generation that is now starting to speak out, have a cause, it's starting to reflect in music, right. which is great. It's like, 
you know, uh, aside from Kendrick and a few other undergrounds, like right. we didn't we didn't hear political music for like thirty years. Oh, you're right. You know, it's like so the Rodney King generation. You know, like when we're in high school, that's going on, and it's like we we saw it reflecting the music. Now it's starting to reflect right. in the music. I think it's starting to um, now become a little bit more commonplace to have this understanding around yeah. what's going on around us. It's not about just partying. It's not like we we need to have some understandings around some very, very important issues um, if we want to exist. Um, yeah, yeah. So that it, so what has changed, the awareness has changed. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate you having the patience because I dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I got mixed up with the Pacific time and the East Coast time, so my bad. So if we do this again, you have my word, this will never happen again. <laughs> so I, I'm putting myself on blast because it's well-deserved because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being, I'm being real and honest about that. You know, it's just facts. But um, but yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for um, taking the time to do this. I know this was that last minute. I hit you up last night, say, "Hey, do you want to do this conversation?" And with no hesitation, you were, "Yeah, I'm down." And so I appreciate you for doing that. And then also on a side note, I think when it comes to Oscar Grant, I think psychologically he became the first hashtag. Yeah. Of for many sure. more. For sure. Yeah, definitely the first hashtag. It's like. You know, you look at 2009, that's sort of like right on the right, right when everyone kind of started uh, sharing their business. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. Like, yeah, absolutely right. You're uh, right. Facebook, Instagram, yeah. all of these platforms where now Twitter, um, that's right around that time when um, we all became reporters. We all became, you know, and so, yeah, for sure, the first hashtag. For sure. And then also, you just saw a, fl a flux of black reporters, sports black reporters everywhere that you saw on, on TV, um, with, whether it was mainstream or local level. You saw a lot of reporters that looked like us. Yeah. So I think that's the one thing that's changed. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's going back to the old way because you don't see a lot of black reporters that you used to do yeah. Yeah. around yeah, that 2000-ish, like yeah. around that time. Yeah. To now, mm -hmm. I don't see it. I think it's going back to their old ways, unfortunately. Yeah. But at that time, that was like the golden era of black reporters. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and and you think about that. It's like you know, every like times reflect why and how, you know. So it's like those those people who are coming along during those times. It's like okay, we need to get into these positions to tell these stories, um, yeah. and. And now I don't. I think that it doesn't happen as much because we all have our own separate platforms, yeah. um, and so you don't have the restrictions around how you tell a story anymore because we all have our own platforms. Yeah. And so um, I think uh, there's a lot of people who would probably be in those positions who are now on their own page, yeah. telling their stories. Yeah. And I totally agree, man. So, like, what's going, like, before we end this, um, the people that's watching, what, what do you got going on right now? Where can people reach you? I know people out there need to watch uh, Till Affinity. That's all I know. Yeah. And where yeah, can they get Till Affinity? Where can they get yeah, it, man? For sure. So, Till Infinity is available at uh, com. available for digital download, and um, also available on these uh, really cool uh uh, I don't. I might have one. Oh, I got one. Well, I got the the, uh, yeah, the yeah. USB cassette yeah, tape. Really yes, cool I have the USB. Um, yes, yeah. yes, I got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want me to show um, you? I, I got it. If you got like a couple of uh, minutes, I, I'll bring it out to show people. I, can, I think I can grab one. Hold well, you on. got one closer to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, show the people. Show the people. If you're a '90s head, you know about the blue tape. The blue tape, seriously, should be in the hip-hop museum. Right. I'm just letting you know now. That blue tape, 
the the original blue tape should be in the hip hop museum. Yes. <laughs> so it's really cool. It's one of those things where like um, I was just looking for a very cool way to present um, this uh, film, and so I came up with yes this USB that holds the film and uh, has you know all of uh, the extras yes. and everything on it. Um, so that's available at tillinfinity.com um, for anyone who wants to learn about uh, hip hop in the Bay Area during uh, the early 90s, hieroglyphics, the souls of mischief. Um, what, quick question, that what very, very happened to the other, what, quick question, what happened to the other documentary you were working on, The Battle? What's yeah, going on so with that? Battle, so the battle, um, you know, oh, we I, can't talk I, about it. No, 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 it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. That's uh, <laughs> the story of uh, the 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 battle between Casual and Saphir, and that's a that's a short film I did. It's probably about thirty or so minutes long, about forty minutes, I would say. And um, yeah, looking forward to releasing that. Also. When is that coming out? <laughs> So I no no uh, no exact release date, but I you know I, I actually had a conversation with Kaz not too long ago about uh, getting it out there. So yeah, it'll it, it'll be coming for sure. Please yeah. please let me know because I I I need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, you're one of the first people I hit up for sure. Oh, I, I appreciate, appreciate the that. support. No problem. What else is going on? What about uh, any of your art? Any any people can pick, like buy some of your art. You know where can they get that? Um, yeah, yeah, shamarismith dot com. Um, all my artwork is there. If you have any questions, send me a message. Um, yeah, I'm working doing portraits right now, so um, you know just doing what I love, and that's the that's the important thing. So if uh, anyone's interested, uh, shamarismith dot com. Yeah. All right, you hear that, people? ShamariSmith.com. Bro, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Much love to you and your family, man. Um, hopefully, with all this go down, uh, I can come over there and we can finally hook up like we did um, when you came to Philly to promote uh, Telefinity. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But, yeah, man, anytime you want to just come on and, you know, promote, you know, the battle, Come back on and please promote the battle. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate you uh, giving me this platform. Um, and yeah, man, love to have you out west at some point. Definitely, man. And the one thing, let's keep Oscar's Grant legacy alive. Don't, don't, don't let him be forgotten. Be that forgotten name, because yeah. what happens? Um, a lot of our brothers um, and sisters kind of get lost in the conversation when it comes to um, Richmond's injustice and police brutality. Um, you know, we, we don't even talk about Ronnie King anymore or even Amadou um, Allo or even yeah, um, yeah. Sean Bell. We can't forget these stories because, I, you know, it'll repeat and we have to make sure that uh, this change, ha like change has to happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's a necessity. Yeah, man. So let me let you go, man, because you know you got things to do. It's like it's like the afternoon now for you in California. Yeah, almost yeah. there. Uh, almost, almost <laughs> eleven o'clock out here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys work. You work on a different program when it comes to like the morning. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like the evening here in um in, in in on the East Coast. Not literally evening, but the way people work, it feels like the evening. So you, this is like the start of your day. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. All right now. Thanks a lot. All right. Peace. Peace. So for you. Yeah. Yo. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak A change will partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully 
below to prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, hopping down Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all